Art, Tech, Innovation and Connection in a Crisis by Sky Holland. I'm a full-time professional fine artist trained at Central St Martin's Art School in London. That life choice has always intrigued me because I was the only hearing member of a profoundly deaf family growing up in a predominantly deaf community. Silent but noisy with non-verbal communication, I was not alone being much loved and cared for and yet isolated by my difference. How and why did I decide to choose an entrepreneurial creative life? I call myself an entrepreneur, working in a solitary way by necessity. Almost certainly it was the influence of my mother, herself a fashion designer and businesswoman, running a successful dress manufacturing company in London throughout my teens in the 1970s and early 80s. I've had my own hearing family and my children have grown up to be astonishing adults. Out in the world, separated by hemispheres, but through love and technology, we're tight as a clam. That my parents are still willing and able to learn new tech and communicate with us via email and FaceTime using sign language, lip reading and facial gestures in their octogenarian years has been literally a miracle. During this pandemic lockdown, Mum, 87, WhatsApps me her shopping list, which I then text to Anthony at her local supermarket in Cambridge. Anthony selects the goods, texts me the bill, and I transfer the online funds whilst he hand-delivers to their front door. We want to meet our hero, Anthony, when all this is over. Tech has been vital, but there's also a love-hate relationship as its power grip on our lives seems to just get stronger. Along with Zoom headaches, it's the existential shift in the way we live that's sometimes hard to come to terms with. I returned back to the UK with a young family in 2000 after a 10-year sojourn for work in South Africa. There, we used brick-like cell phones and a whole living room corner was occupied by a telephone and lumpy fax machine. Life and technology had moved on. The nifty novel little Nokia dominated our lives. Texting became the new norm and it was much lighter in my handbag. Great design. But as a friend said to me at the time, texting is for lovers. The immediate nature of the way we could circumvent normal routes to intimate connection enabled fast-track affairs just as much as more efficient routes to business growth and productivity. You could lose relationships and make new ones at the touch of a send button. How could we have known then that the swipe and delete nature of what was to come and how we were potentially throwing away the pleasure of nuanced conversation and the time it takes to grow real relationships. Short, sharp messaging became the norm and essential in order to keep up. The rest is history, of course, and yet so much that had been good has been thrown away and forgotten. Until lockdown, that is. Segue to this global pandemic and creativity. How are the two inextricably connected? It's so interesting 
for as I find myself often reflecting, this devastating virus, a requirement for social distancing and being forced to stay at home, has had unexpected positives. It has enabled so many of us to slow down, with the exception of the courageous key workers, the National Health Service frontliners, looking after those who got sick. We have more time to reflect and to notice the incredible clawback of nature in the wild. The cleaner air, clarity and intensity of colours, the dizzying chorus of orchestral birdsong instead of the incessant air traffic. To still the noise of our busy thoughts and be present in spite of fear and difficulty. What naturally emerged next seemed to be the universal desire to create. People have found permission to pick up pencils and paints, to explore their own imaginations, to play, to become kids again alongside their kids. You could even do life drawing whilst watching TV. In my own world, galleries and museums have been temporarily closed and art fairs have been cancelled. My exhibition in April was cancelled by my own illness and social lockdown. A whole year-long body of artwork to be sold, put back into storage. It was devastating and scary, and yet so liberating and strange. We were all in it together, in free fall. Bars to entry and the exclusivity surrounding the art world had suddenly and dramatically been removed. Online was everything and everywhere. I saw mushrooming on social media all the often self-taught art experiments people were having. Amazing and joyful. Lo and behold, established and hitherto fiercely competitive, naturally isolationist artists were talking to each other and supporting each other. A new online initiative by Matthew Burroughs enabled artists using the hashtag SupportArtistPledge to sell works in the marketplace for £200. When you'd sold your fourth, you could buy one yourself from another artist, creating a circular economy. In one week, £9 million in sales were generated, literally a lifeline for many. With inspiration borrowed from another artist, I created hashtag the food bank portraits. For each commission of a loved one or treasured pet, I would donate 25% to a food bank charity in southwest London. I worked from photos sent online in charcoal and pigments, and the A4 portraits were sent in hardback envelopes to their new homes. It was a way of operating safely during lockdown. I never saw myself as a pet artist per se, but I've fallen in love with all the beloved and hairy faces staring back at me on my easel. It's just about what gets us through and gives us comfort. Back to technology and creativity, this dreaded virus and silver linings. In early May, I was invited by the millennial influencer and singer-songwriter Lola Coca to co-host an Insta-Live drawing experience with her 18,500 global followers. I asked them to draw a celebrity chihuahua with even more followers. 
but I face my first huge live but virtual audience as a teacher. Once I'd gotten over my jitters, it played out more as a conversation. Starting with a meditation, we ended up with people sending in these incredible drawings of this very strange looking dog. That successful use of tech to reach so many has ended up with the launch of my online bite-sized drawing classes. My aim is to reach as many people wanting to learn to draw as possible, wherever they are. Taking them back to the moment they had decided I'm useless at drawing and rewriting that story. The right brain responsible for creative thought but overall by survivalist left brain logical and analytical thought is at the very heart of innovation and well-being. I firmly believe that anyone can be taught to draw if they want to learn. The first human handprint on rock painted as a stencil 40,000 years ago in Borneo was perhaps simply saying, I was here. It's a basic human need to connect and it is as individual as handwriting. A raised consciousness cannot be put down and forgotten. You cannot unlearn what you already know. When this is all over, will we go back to how we were? Tech and art, best friends or mutually exclusive, I'm still finding out. But what I do know is that I, amongst many others, have found open windows and the views are beautiful.